Is there anybody not ashamed to say you made it by the grace of God? Yeah. I don't know about you, but the older I get, and the more acquainted I become with my own frailties. I'm learning not to take credit for what belongs to God and to recognize that it's all by His grace. It's all by His grace. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for today. We pray now that you will bless your word as it goes forth, that we would not only be clear in the presentation of the word, but clear in the reception of the word, that nothing in this communicative process would hinder your message from going forth. Let your people hear from you, and hearing from you, help your people to become more like you. We ask your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Pull out your smartphones. Take a little survey today. I want you to text the word Good Hope to 22333 to join the group. 22333. Text the word Good Hope. And then I want you to answer this question. What part of you is most in need of healing? Now remember, this is anonymous, so you're not going to tell any of your private business. That can be traced back to you. What part of you is most in need of healing? Now, typically when we talk about healing, the first thing we think about is our physical body. Especially as you get older and you become acquainted with the Itis brothers, Arthritis and Bursitis. Maybe diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, congestive heart problems. You start thinking about your physical body. Past hurts. Yeah. My anger for my dad. At the first service, somebody said they need to be, uh, their tongue needed healing. <laughs> said it might need removal. I don't know. I think what's interesting is as we look at these results, most of us would agree that the healing that we need in our lives is far more than just physical. That there are issues in our lives when we talk about our heart, you're not talking about a heart valve process or heart surgery. You're talking about that, that seat of your emotions that needs to be healed. Your, your mind is in need of of healing. And today in our text, God reveals himself 
to be a healer beyond ways that we would typically ask, think, or imagine. Uh, I can remember back when, when people would talk about the Lord being a lawyer in a courtroom and a doctor in the sick room. And when they talked about him being a doctor in the sick room, they would literally refer to his ability to heal physically. And, and the Bible talks about the, the fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. And if somebody is sick, call for the elders of the church to come and anoint the sixth person with oil and lay hands on them and pray for them. And, and you've probably had an opportunity to pray for somebody for their physical healing. But I submit to you that we pray for other people and their physical healing far more than we pray for their spiritual, emotional, or mental healing. And when we go to the hospital, we're quick, we'll say, hey, let's pray. And we'll pray for God's will to be done in the life of that person physically. But how many times do you stop and say, let's pray for somebody's emotional healing, for somebody's spiritual healing? How often do you pray for your emotional healing or your mental healing? In our text, God shows that his healing power is so pervasive, is so powerful, is so broad that he can heal any situation, any circumstance, anything that you are dealing with and or wrestling with. Today, for a few moments, I want to continue our look at who God is, and I want to talk to you today from the thought, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? Those of you who are utilizing your app, thank you. You can download that app there and fill in the blank on your app as well. Our text today finds itself in Exodus chapter 15. Now, what's interesting is the beginning of chapter 15 chronicles the victorious journey of the children of Israel across the Red Sea on dry ground and the celebration of the victory that God gave over Pharaoh and his army, who, as we have heard in our culture, drowned in the sea one day. The Bible says that, that they are rejoicing. They recognize the power and the proudness of God. They they recognized that it was God who delivered them. It was God who brought them through. It was God who gave them victory. But a test comes. A challenge comes three days later. They have crossed the Red Sea. They are in the wilderness of Shur on their way to the promised land. And the Bible says as most people would, in the desert, they became thirsty, and they come to an oasis called Mara, an oasis, this place of green vegetation surrounded by a desert, a place where you would expect to find refreshment, a place where you would expect to find fruit, a place where you would expect to find nourishment, and the Bible says they find water, but it's bitter. My brothers and my sisters, for somebody in here today, this word is for you. Because listen, in the midst of your journey, God wants you to know that you will come across some bitter waters. And the question is, 
not whether or not you will come across bitter waters, bitter situations, or bitter people, but how you will react to it, how you will deal with it. Here's the first thing. Number one, you need to realize a bitter test can come after a sweet triumph. A bitter test can come after a sweet triumph. Verse 22, Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, and they moved out into the desert of Shur. They traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. When they came to the oasis of Marah, the water was too bitter to drink. So they called the place Marah, which means bitter. Then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. In order to reach the promised land, they had to cross the desert of Shur. Being out in the desert with no water was a crisis. It was a matter of life and death. And the Bible says they began to complain. Somebody in here, God wants you to know that in life, you will have to cross some desert-like experiences. As a matter of fact, if you never have had that experience, just keep on living. You will eventually get to a place where you will be tried, where you will be tested, where you will have to figure out how to make it through that tough situation. But the timing of this is very interesting because it comes on the heels of the miraculous wonder-working power of God to deliver them. He delivers them, and then here comes a bitter situation. For somebody in here, you may have experienced a miracle of God in your life, seeing God do something great, only to have a bitter situation show up. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, it might be something like a broken home, or maybe it's an accident, or maybe it's a divorce, or maybe it's some kind of suffering, a sorrow, death, depression. Uh, financial loss, frustration, disappointment, failed plans, whatever it is, it, it's a distasteful moment in your life. It's something that if you had your druthers, you would avoid it instead of going through it. And so here's the question. What are you going to do? The children of Israel praised God when they came out of the wilderness. But here's what they missed. They praised God on the other side of the Red Sea, but that praise wasn't enough to get them through Mara. They celebrated the good times, but like many of us, here's what happens. You celebrate the blessings, but you don't learn the lesson in the blessing so that you can apply it when times get hard. They celebrated that God brought them through, but they didn't realize that the God who brought them through was the God who could bring them through. And so while they celebrated walking across on dry ground, they missed that God could handle even their bitter water experience. Look at what the text says. They complained and turned against Moses. That's just like the children of Israel. Right? They, they specialized in complaining. I mean, they complained and grumbled when they had no food. 
They complained and grumbled when they were in bondage. They complained and grumbled when they had no water. They complained and grumbled after they came out of bondage and they were wandering in the wilderness and they wanted to go back to Egypt. They complained and, 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 and grumbled about the leadership of Moses and Aaron. They complained about justice being executed against the children when they sinned. They complained about everything. You know anybody that complains a lot? Hopefully, nobody's thinking about you. And hopefully, you're not thinking about yourself. See, here's the challenge. When you complain and grumble, you basically reveal that you don't believe in the power of God. When you complain and grumble about what you don't have, what you are saying is that you don't trust God. How could they not trust God in Marah when God just delivered them through the Red Sea? And there's somebody in here right now. You're complaining and you're grumbling. It says less about God and more about you. It says more about what you don't believe. It says more about what you don't remember. It says more about what you don't appreciate in terms of what God has done in your life than it does say anything about the failure of God to move on your behalf. I mean, I want you to think about this. God was no stranger to problems with water. At the Red Sea, they had too much water. And God dealt with a too much water problem. In Mara, they had a problem of too little water, but they couldn't trust God to fix the water problem that they had. If he can handle the Red Sea, he can surely handle Mara. And I'm trying to help somebody in here to understand, if God could handle your big water problem, why do you think God can't handle your little water problem? But this, this, this truth reveal something that you and I must come to grips with. And here it is. Miracles don't come because you are spiritually mature. And miracles don't ensure that you will become spiritually mature. The mature and the immature were blessed by the miracle of God in allowing the children to cross the Red Sea on dry ground. But that miracle was not enough to get them to trust God at the bitter waters of Marah. That's why the Bible says whatever you do, do it without grumbling, murmuring, or complaining. Look at Philippians 2.14. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. 1 Peter 4, beginning at verse 12. Let's read it together. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Don't be surprised when it comes. Be prepared when it comes so that you can respond properly. Here's the second thing. And the final thing we'll look at today, number two, you must cry out to the Lord for help when you're dealing with bitter people, places, or predicaments. 
you must cry out to the Lord for help when you're dealing with bitter people, places, or predicaments. Verse 25, Exodus 15. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Underline that phrase, a piece of wood. Moses threw it into the water, and this made the water good to drink. It was there at Marah that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness to him. Here is Moses at Marah, three days after the miracle of the Red Sea. And the Bible says he has to deal with bitterness. He has to first deal with bitter water, but then he also has to deal with some bitter people. He's got to deal with a bitter predicament and he's got to deal with bitter people. And the Bible says he cries to the Lord for help. Let me put a cord in the meter and park here for somebody. Typically, we don't go to God. Typically, you don't go to God until you have gone to everybody else, exhausted all of your earthly and human resources, and then you go to God. And I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, the best thing to do in life is not to end with God, but to start with God. Somebody in here can testify. You went to your friends to tell them about your problems, and they let off a dump truck of their own problems. You never got a chance to talk about your stuff because they had all of their issues to talk about. And the folk that said they would always have your back conspicuously show up silent. They don't respond to texts. They don't take phone calls. They don't return messages. And you get to the end of your journey, the end of your rope, and then you turn to God. The Bible says Moses cried to the Lord for help because the Lord was all the help he had and the Lord was all the help he needed. What does it take to drive you to God? What does it take for you to figure out that you're not that smart, that you're not that connected, that you don't know enough people, and you need to go to God? Moses cries to the Lord, and then watch what happens. God gives him a prescription. The Lord shows him a piece of wood. Moses threw the wood into the water and made the water good to drink. Now, listen to me carefully. I'm sure there's a chemist in here somewhere who would love to go and try to figure out, number one, what that water was tainted with and what piece of wood would have been able to purify the water that was tainted by whatever mineral was tainting it. But let's leave that to the scientists. Here's all I know. Moses had a problem. He prays. God gives him a solution that might not make sense to the average person. But watch this. It wasn't about the power in the wood. It was about the power of Moses' obedience. He did what God told him to do. And God blessed his obedience without Moses necessarily understanding what was going on. 
Somebody in here needs to understand. Your understanding is never a prerequisite for your obedience. Come on, we went through that with our parents, right? It just took one time for me to ask that question one too many times, why? And all of us got the same answer back eventually, because I said so. Right? I don't have to explain it. I don't have to justify it. And you don't have to understand it. Just do what I told you to do. How many times do we play doctor? Yeah, no, I'm talking about you. You, you know, when you're sick and you're not feeling well and you go to the doctor and, and the doctor gives you a prescription and then you decide you went to medical school somewhere. So you say something like this, well, I'm feeling better. I don't need that prescription. Or you get it filled and then you cut the doses down because you feel better. Or you decide you're not going to take it until it's gone like the prescription calls for because you feel better now. Or you're going to save some so whenever somebody else in the family gets sick, you can give them some of your medicine. I I'm going to knock on your door eventually. <laughs> right? That's why you got all those brown, amber uh, prescription uh, pill jars up in the medicine cabinet now. Medicine that's as old as the year of our Lord, long since expired. But you know, oh, ain't no harm. Come on, take this, baby. Take this. <laughs> call grandmama. Call my dear. Call big mama. Call Annie. She got a medicine chest over there, and you running an old, uh, old medicine, uh, a drugstore in the hood. Come on now. <laughs> right? Like, what medical school did you go to? But, but what do we decide to do? If the prescription doesn't make sense to us, then we decide to rewrite the prescription instead of just doing what God said. Help me, Holy Ghost. Somebody in here, God is saying, why do you think you're so smart that you can figure it out and do it apart from my instructions? I don't know why God wanted to throw that little piece of wood in the water. What's that wood going to do? That water's bitter. It's been bitter. Whole pool is bitter. What that one block of wood going to do? Well, it's not for you to understand. It is just for you to obey. Look at Deuteronomy 4.29. But from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. Let's read Psalm 61 together, beginning in verse 1. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. See, the truth of the matter is, there was a purpose behind the Red Sea, and there was a purpose behind Mara. And the purpose was to get Israel to trust God. To trust God for the big things and to trust God for the little things. To trust God for the miracle, whether it comes in a big package or a small package. To trust God no matter what. Why would God let Israel go through this place and go through this time of bitter water? Why would God let you go through a place of bitter times, a place that you would rather avoid than go through? First of all, you need to understand this. Nothing that you go through catches God off guard. 
Matter of fact, if you look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, beginning at verse 2, verse 2 says, And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. God has a purpose for what he is taking you through. Number one, he wants to create some humility in you. He wants to deal with, chip away at, remove the pride that is within you. Number two, he wants to see if you are really going to keep his commandments. Are you really going to trust God? Are you really going to obey God even when God asks you to do something that doesn't make sense? God wants to see if you're going to obey him. God wants to see if you're going to trust him. God wants you to see that when you obey him and when you trust him, God will not only give to you, but God will develop something within you. That's why in Romans 5, beginning at verse 3, the Apostle Paul says we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Somebody in here, you're in need of healing. It might be emotional. It might be mental. It might be physical. It might be spiritual but no different than the doctor who gives you a prescription that's intended to facilitate your healing physically. God has a prescription to facilitate your healing. And I submit to you, you will never see him and know him as a healer if you're not willing to follow the prescription he lays out. Doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't have to make sense. All God needs you to do is obey. And if you're here today and you're in need of healing of your mind, body, soul, or spirit, if you're in need of healing in your marriage, if you're in need of healing in your family life with your children, if you're in need of healing, the question is not does God have the power, the question is are you willing to obey? Because God shows us in this text, when you are willing to obey, healing is available to you. And you will see him as the healer you need him to be. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for who you are. And I pray now that that reality of who you are will be manifested in our day-to-day -day living. Help us, God, to know you and see you in a special way so that we can testify on the other side of our triumph when tests come. Help us to remember what you have done so we can trust you with what you need done. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
everybody who can and will, will you please stand? You know, one of the great things about following Jesus Christ is that you realize that he's not only invested in your healing, he's also invested in your wholeness. Healing starts with a touch, but wholeness is completed with a transformation. Somebody in here today, you're in desperate need of some healing. You look to a relationship, you found no healing there. You look to a job or a professional degree, you found no healing there. You've looked inwardly and there's no healing there either. And so God is speaking to you on today. And the question is for someone in here today, will you trust God with your healing? We stand here, those of us who are believers, as folk who have been healed. Can you testify to that, saints? You're in a room full of people who are in the process of being healed on their way to being made whole. Amen? Amen. We want to offer an invitation to you on today. For those of you all who are looking for a church home, we'd like to invite you to the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. As Pastor Bell always says, we're not a perfect church, but we're trying every day. For those of you all who need a relationship with Jesus Christ, we want to make an invitation on his behalf. He is in the healing business. And so as the choir sings today, we're praying, we're joining with one another. We're asking that God moves on your heart that he removes barriers so that you can find the healing that you need. So you've entered into this building. You brought your hurt. You brought your pain. But I have a message for you today That when you leave here, you won't be the same See, God can heal, he can deliver he can mend your brokenness he has a miracle to fit your
about your situation. God sees everything you're going through. He has a miracle to fit your needs. And once you trust him, you will receive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm, 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 I, I, I got to say this to y'all. I, uh, I came to this church seven years ago, and the word that changed my life was a question that was asked by pastor. And he asked, he said, how does a man know he loves God? He knows he loves God with all of his mind, all of his heart, and all of his soul. And something clicked to me that I wasn't loving God. Somebody in here, God's speaking to you right now. And you ain't got to be shamed about nothing. Now, I want to put the microphone down, and I will, but the Holy Spirit is saying that somebody in here is wrestling. And whatever it is you're wrestling with, you need to give it up and give it over to God. Now, the pastor just stood up and told you that he is a healing God. And I'm here to tell you that he's a healing God, and he's a touching God, too. Brother, welcome. Let's reach our hands out to this brother. God, we bless your name on this morning. God, the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices just when one comes. And so, God, we join heaven as we sing praises to your name. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for this brother. God, we sense you moving in his life. We sense you peeling back layers in his life. We sense you developing him and molding him and raising him up so that he can touch the others. God, we thank you now in the name of Jesus. God, we ask that as a church we walk with this brother, that we encourage him, that we help him to become all he can be in you. Father, we also pray for somebody in here who's dealing with hurt. God, help them to move past the hurt to see you. God, deal with their pain in a way where they can recognize that it is only in you that they can find their way to healing and then to wholeness. God, thank you for our pastor. God, thank you for the word you put in him on this morning. God, we bless your name and we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. God, we worship you and we praise you. All of these things we ask you for now, it's in Jesus' name we pray. And the church said amen. 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 Welcome, brother. Welcome, brother. Amen. 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 Let's give it up for God. God is moving in this place. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
Well, good hope is offering time. Let's go to God in a word of prayer and then we'll begin our offering. God, we thank you for this time of giving. God, we pray that our giving would be an accurate reflection of our appreciation of you. God, we understand that in reality, we can't give you anything because you've given it to us all already. Father, help us to remember that when we give, we co-partner with you in the kingdom building work. Bless our fruits here today. Bless our offerings here today, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Master Control, we're in your hands. On October 31st, we will be celebrating Hallowed Be Thy Name. This church-wide bridging event provides a fun and safe environment for children to enjoy as an alternative to the secular holiday of Halloween. The event will be from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at The Forge for Families, located at 3435 Dixie Drive. The property will be transformed for a carnival atmosphere. A mandatory volunteer orientation is scheduled for Sunday, October 27th, 12 p.m. in The View. And you can sign up via the I Am Hope mobile app or the goodhope.org website. The Financial Management and Young Adult Ministry present Secure the Bag. Would having 100 or 500 extra dollars per month make a big difference in your life? Do you want to save money but aren't sure where to start? If the answer is a resounding yes, come secure the bag and learn the goal-setting principles of debt management, credit awareness, and savings in our three Saturday classes on October 26th through November 9th. Register today at goodhope.org or via the I Am Hope mobile app. Come and join Discovery every second Sunday of every month. We invite you to join our membership discovery classes. This is an opportunity for you to get to learn about the Good Hope family. We have four classes that we've set up just to make sure you know what part of the family you're becoming a part of. Class shout out. 101, 201, 301, 401. And we invite you to come join us on the second Sunday of every month and you will be blessed. Hope to see you there. Download our new I Am Hope mobile app in order to get or stay connected to our Good Hope family. To download the new app, you can visit our website at goodhope.org and click on the banner, or you can text Good Hope NBC app to 77977, or you can scan the QR code on the posters in the lobby or Center for Hope, or you can also search Good Hope NBC or I Am Hope in your Apple or Google Play Store. Let's continue to take hope to the world. Don't forget, for additional events and announcements, download our new interactive I Am Hope mobile app. CDs of all sermons are located in the Center for Hope bookstore for a donation of $5. That about does it for this week's Good News Weekly announcements. Have a blessed and prosperous week, and remember, good hope, loving God, loving all people, and changing the world. Amen, amen. Church, we have a brief ministry moment, and so we'd like to ask Sister Jaleesa Scott to come up. Amen, amen. amen. Sister Jaleesa Scott. Amen. Come on, Sister. Okay. All right, thank you very much. Good morning, good church family. Good morning. 
All right, so as Minister Johnson said, my name is Jaleesa Scott. I'm a board certified behavior analyst and I'm the lead servant of Hearts of Hope Ministry. Now this ministry is really unique in that it's the only ministry that's within the children's ministry that does not actually work with children. Instead, we target the heart, which is the parents. And as parents, we know that raising children is our duty to train them up in the way they should go, but there are so many other elements that will lead our children astray. And so what Hearts of Hope provides is support and resources and a network for parents learning how to navigate behavioral challenges that their children may inevitably face. And so we host um, Chat and Shoes, which are lovely discussions on the first Wednesday of every month, and they coincide with Awana. So bring your children to Awana and stay for a wonderful time where we discuss how to improve academic skills, increasing appropriate behaviors, decreasing those challenging behaviors. And so it's the first Wednesday at seven o'clock of every month, and I definitely hope to see you there. Amen, amen. Please take advantage of that resource. That is a tremendous resource to have available uh, at your fingertips. We have a few brief reminders that uh, we want to remind everyone. Uh, Discovery is today at 12 o'clock in the view, and so if you are taking Discovery, uh, please uh, proceed to the view at 12 p.m. Uh, also, Good Hope, we're starting our small groups campaign uh, and our sign-up has begun in the Center and center of Hope. And so uh, Brother Clifton Clark and Sister Clark are giving leadership to that. And so we are asking all of you to sign up uh, for one of our small groups. Now, if you're not familiar with what small groups are, small groups are the connective tissue of our church. Amen? Amen. So we believe that community happens not only uh, in the sanctuary, but also during the week. And so we have small groups that are located throughout the city that meet throughout the week in support of one another. Amen? Amen. And so we are doing small group sign-up in the Center of Hope uh, directly after service. Also, uh, we're having midweek Bible study. Uh, we have 12P noon Bible study uh, here in the view, and we also have... Uh, uh, Bible study Wednesday night here in the sanctuary. The singing men of hope are doing a rehearsal at 7 p.m. in the fellowship hall. And so if you are a brother and you feel like you want to exercise your vocal cords, please come out. We are looking for all brothers. We love your participation as well. We also like to remember our sick and our shut-in members. Uh, we ask that you keep Pastor Ronald Bell in prayer. And we also want to remember our bereaved families. Of uh, the family of Kenneth and Lynette Dixon. Uh, their sister Linda is a member here, and so we want to keep her in our prayers as well. Uh, also, the, the family of Professor Elliot Mallory Green, and also the Hayes family, and the family also of Nathan Golden Sr. Now, if we have any first, second, or third time visitors here, excuse me, y'all didn't do the offering that'll get me that might get me fired <laughs> offering everybody okay <laughs> amen deacons we in your hands lord okay. i will bless your name lord i will give you praise oh lord you've been good to me lord i will lift my voice lord i make you my choice 
amen, amen. Before we dismiss, I'd like to ask, do we have any first, second, or third time visitors here? Any first, second, or third time visitors here? Amen, amen. Well, but on behalf of our senior pastor, Dr. D.Z. Cofield, and the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church, we'd like to welcome you to Good Hope. We hope that a hug, a smile, uh, or some kind of warm greeting was extended to you. You can follow the lovely ladies or handsome gentlemen with a sign, and they will take you to a room where we have a token of our appreciation. Can you give another round of applause for our visitors? Amen. Before we leave, uh, I want to uh, recognize uh, Dr. Carolyn Evans Shabazz. Uh, stand up, Carolyn, if you would, please. Uh, Carolyn was uh, one of my supporters, one of the few that I had at the NAACP. Amen. Uh, actually, I appointed her to the educational committee there. And she has since gone to higher heights. She is now serving on the board of Houston Community College and is now running for the District D City Council position to succeed, to succeed uh, our friend, uh, Council Member Dwight Boykins. And Really appreciate her. She came through today. I wanted you to get a chance to see her. Um, love her. Uh, she, she and her family have been friends with my wife for years, but um, she's been a friend to me as well. And so we really appreciate her uh, entering into public service in this field. And uh, we're, we're certainly going to cover her in believing prayer. All right? Come on, y'all show some love for Dr. Carolyn Evans Shabazz. Amen. Are we good? All right. Well, if all hearts and minds are clear, let's get ready to go. Amen. Um, this month, as you know, is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I'll say more about that next week. It's also Domestic Violence Awareness Month. It's Disability Awareness Month. So we'll be talking about all of those things coming up on Real World, Real Talk. Um, but I do want you to know at our community empowerment event, we are scheduled to do free mammograms. And this year we're going to do that um, with the permission of Brother Michael Williams in the memory of Yolanda Williams and the Yolanda Williams Foundation. And so uh, we're gonna tie that event around screening we want to get as many women as possible, at least 30 women, whether they are insured or underinsured or uninsured, to come out and get a free mammogram done if they qualify for it, um, because we want to do our part. And again, I want to thank all of those who participated in the prostate cancer screening and also those who have stepped forward, and I'll talk more about them, to continue that process so that we can get as many men screened as possible, all right? Let's look to the Lord. Father, thank you for today. And we pray now as we leave this place, we will never leave your presence. May your spirit rest, rule, and abide with us now and forever. It's in Jesus' name we pray and let all of God's people say amen. 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 
Show at least three people some love before you leave. Don't count the folk you rode with, all right? God bless you. God be with you.